Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion. I'm your host, ADV. Thank you guys for joining me. Have a great episode with you. Uh, well, have a great episode for you. I said, should, should I say with you? Because I'm looking at my guests. Because I'm super excited to have this person. I have been on his show, and he's finally coming on to my show. It's going to experience something quite different that he that he hasn't done yet, I should say. Um, everybody. From Growing Up Gaming Podcast, yes, G-U-G-Podcast.com, I don't know why I said yum or something, it is <laughs> the one, the only, the ultimate, Mr. Mitch Power. Hi there, people. Yes, that is my real name. It is not a made-up name. That is actually my legal name. That is, yes, it is, everybody. Yes, uh, Mitch is the host of Grown Up Gaming, where he has these one-on-one conversations, talking to uh, different people about uh, their livelihood and how they grew up in gaming. Um, I did an episode with them, and we had a really great talk from Checkers to my take on Grand Theft Auto Five. Which is still fucking ridiculous, but that's, I mean, I, I still bring that up as people, sometimes people tell me their game, their worst game they bought with their own money, and then you tell me the, yours and my head exploded, but uh, it's okay, Every, everybody's got their opinion. Did you get as, any as, personal responses from that answer? I got, as far as it goes when I bring it up, some people, not everybody had the same reaction I did, mostly because I was probably playing GTA when you said it. So, like, as you told me that was the worst game, I was literally in the mode of, like, playing a lot of GTA online. Uh-huh. So it just threw me so far off. But then, like, so many people have told me other games that are so much worse than Grand Theft Auto that makes sense. Uh, very rarely do people bring up a game that I go, really? Like, wow. Okay, yours by far was the one I was, like, blown away by. Because, like... I can think of 50 games that are far worse than Grand Theft Auto Five, <laughs> like so many of them. But again, that's that's the reason why I have people on the show, because everybody's got their own opinion of what they think is good or bad. And, you know, like I said, to each their own. That's like the best <laughs> thing I could say. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, everybody. Um, coming down with a cold for so if it sounds like I'm in death. Uh, I do apologize, but I'm a professional podcaster. I'm able to go on. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I, yeah, I see. I was waiting to see what people would say to you personally to be like, did you just have a guest that said Grand Theft Auto V was this? And your response probably would have been like, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, nobody nobody blew me up right away or anything. But when I bring it up to people, like, cause like I said, some people tell me the worst game they played. And again, it like makes complete sense. Like some people tell me games I've never heard of. And then I look it up and I go, you're right. That's a really bad looking game. Uh, but then like some people just go, huh? That's interesting. Like he said, Grand Theft Auto five. Okay. Again, some people, they just don't like it. I mean, and it's fine. Like if you don't like it, that's cool. I mean, again, there's games that everybody likes that I don't. So mm-hmm. again, like I, like example, Skyrim, fuck that game. Um, I just, I'm not into dragons and orcs and all that medieval times that I bought Skyrim and I tried to enjoy it and see what everybody loved. And I couldn't, and I'm just like, no, nah, I'm good. I won't say it's the worst game I've ever bought with my own money, but it was, uh, just one, it's the same thing. I know people that have played 700 hours of Skyrim, mm-hmm. and I go, I would have spent 700 hours doing anything else than playing Skyrim. So oh, wow. that's okay. 
Well, uh, before we get into the show, uh, can you break down what Growing Up Gaming is? Uh, I know I gave it a little bit of uh, a de- of a detail, but uh, let us know about the podcast. Yeah, essentially, I have guests on a uh, random person from the internet uh, to discuss their childhood of gaming and how it inspired their lives today. Uh, we get into, you know, because everybody's got different histories growing up and everything. People grew up in different parts of the world. I grew up in Illinois uh, where I had a certain memory and certain, you know, upbringing and stuff. But then there's many different people in the world who had completely different upbringings, uh, whether it be financial, whether it be geographical like where they grew up yeah um there's just many different stories that people have to tell also of course people have good memories to share things that were gaming gotten through tough times um just really funny things to share too so i mean there's many different things that people share and i just wanted to get people on the show to you know share their memories and discuss what what made their gaming memories so special from when they were growing up so uh yeah it comes out every tuesday uh, if you ever want to be a guest on the show, he already mentioned the website. But yeah, just uh, hit me up on Twitter, and I'd be glad to have everybody on the show to share their story. Yes, and see, I, I definitely when I found out that you were in that you lived in Illinois, I was just like, I really wish that I was around your area and live like live by you, and then like being your best friend or something. like No, that. you don't. Rockford, Illinois is a fucking dump. Don't go to Illinois. <laughs> don't go to Rockford, Illinois. You don't want to go there. But I've been to Rockford, Illinois. Everybody, yeah, this is just got fun though. Like, no one wants to live in Rockford, see, Illinois. Like, see, I visited Rockford, Illinois, sang at a church, and left. So I don't fully uh know all of Rockford, Illinois. But everybody, yeah, check out the podcast. He which does a fantastic job here. All uh, the various guests talking about their experiences and everything. I was just like, oh, I remember that. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Okay, that's funny. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's some uh there's some stories that people will talk about, you know, depending on who it is, some people get into some heavy shit, which is again, it's fine cuz again, gaming not everybody has a super happy story when it comes to gaming or things that got them through gaming. So, you know, some people come on share stories of really sad moments where gaming got them through. Some people share ridiculous stories of how they broke onto an actual base in Australia and pretended to be Snake from Metal Gear. Um <laughs> uh, there's yeah, I mean, and then, you know, of course there's a lot of funny stories of, you know, just all the shenanigans that would happen when kids played games and you know, there's a lot of, you know, cool stories that people have to tell. So that's why I'm that's why I started the show. That's why I want to get everybody on there to share their stories because everybody's got their own story, but also you can relate in some way. Yes. So um so we're gonna get into the show and what you guys probably seen at the topic is uh what do we find acceptable in gaming? And I brought this question up to Mitch because uh, there are some things, even now, currently, that stuff that we didn't accept in the past, we accept now. Or there are some new things that uh, we're starting to accept and, like, kind of welcome in the gaming community. Um, So uh, this one is going to be more of an open discussion. Um, So uh, the first thing I kind of want to... Uh, to talk about uh, about being accepting in games is that uh, we have we're starting to get more of a uh, diverse um, group of developers in a, a diverse games. Um, you know, uh, we're like back in the past, a lot of games would start a, a white male protagonist, 
and they'll go on their adventure. Uh, but now we're getting more females, we're getting more black females and black protagonists uh, and Asian protagonists and stuff like that. Because like a game like Sleeping Dogs kind of wouldn't have would have not been accepted back in the past, uh, especially if you look at true crime or how that series turned out. But all of that's kind of changed where a lot of people really like Sleeping Dogs. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, like Mafia 3 and stuff. Uh, so, like, that kind of susceptibility, uh, we're starting to see now. Uh, any thoughts about that, Mitch? Yeah, I mean, also, too, just in general, like, the, not just the, the, where you're at, but, like, the world in general is becoming more acceptable to things. Obviously, uh, it's kind of a shitty thing to think, especially, I think, like, the big thing would be what initially, when I talk to people on my show, um, the one common thing is, you know, especially in the earlier days, uh, girls not – I won't say like thinking games are cool, but like you just don't hear a lot of female gamers, right? Yes. Not saying they didn't exist because obviously they did. But it was also a very macho like, oh, boys play games, girls play with dolls type of shit, which is ridiculous, right? Like I – I personally, my sisters did not play games. Now, I never shunned them away from playing games. I never said, oh, you, you shouldn't play games because you're a girl. But, like, I just, you know, growing up, I didn't know too many girls that were playing games. I am very happy to say that that's now not the case. Um, example, I have three daughters. Two of the daughters are actually old enough to play games. One of them's three. She's not old enough to do anything besides watch YouTube. Um, but my daughters now are fully gamers. Like, my daughter and I played Apex the other day and it was awesome. Like my other daughter and I, we've played Grand Theft Auto. Um, she's older by the way. She's like 16. So she's not some kid. It, technically it's a kid, but whatever. Um, so we played games there. We played Grand Theft Auto. Um, she's coming to my house. She's played Kingdom Hearts. We've discussed that. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things now, whereas like gaming is so universal in that regard that I don't think females feel like, Oh, gaming is only a boys thing. Um, also case in point with some of the games that have come out lately where, you know, I think I would want to say obviously Metroid was kind of the one game where it threw people off when you found out that Samus was a, like a female. Like, yes. obviously, I don't want to say like I would I would hope to say that people didn't stop playing that game once they found out she was a female because that'd be a really shitty thing. Now, there might have been some idiot out there who's like, Samus is a girl never again and threw the game out. I, I really hope that didn't happen. I might have, though, at some point for somebody. But now, like, females in gaming, obviously, like, Tomb Raider was a big deal, too, even though Laura Croft was, like, highly sexualized. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like, highly sexualized, unfortunately. Um, but, like, now, like, you know, look at gaming now with female characters, like Aloy from, I forget, Horizon. Uh, look at half of the cast of Apex, I think, is female or something. Like, it's yes. insane how... You know, now, like, and Overwatch has strong female characters. Uh, obviously, Laura Croft now in the Tomb Raider games is not that, like, highly sexualized, you know, big polygon boob version of a female. Instead, just, like, a normal-looking female. Uh, or, a you know, just, it, you know, not over-sexualized. Uh, it's just great. Like, now that that's becoming a thing that, you know, the one thing that actually brought up to me that was really interesting, I didn't think about it this way, was I was playing Trials Rising, the new Trials game. Which is fun. I love the Trials games. And my daughter came over and she likes them too. And she saw you can create a character. And her first question was, can you create a female? 
And again, it didn't even click in my head at first. I was just like, huh? Like in her head, that's something that's super important to her that she wants. Like she wants to be able to play as a female character, which I thought is amazing. And I looked, I'm like, I don't know. Let me check. And you absolutely can. So right there, like being able to create a female character again, not some, and it's like culture wise too. It's a little different, right? Cause if you think of like Japanese culture, you get the super sexualized, huge boobs, like anime style characters and stuff like soul caliber, Ivy, really like it's a little crazy, but now like, you know, to have like a female protagonist, not even be like a second thought, like, and I get, again, you get those people out there that are like, I don't play games where you play as a, like, shut up. Just, I'm sorry. Horizon was like one of the best games of that year. And it happened to be a female protagonist. Did that steer me away from it? No, but I think that's become a lot more acceptable now for sure. I think with Horizon, uh, one of the things that um, really kind of took me a, a back from Horizon was that a lot of older gamers started accepting narrative started started talking about oh this story and this presentation was so good and it it took me back to be like what you didn't accept narrative back in the day and now that story is important and stuff you know you're kind of like yeah you are you know accepting it but i'm just like are you accepting this narrative because it's a playstation game or are you actually accepting narrative for what it is in the media? Uh, like the presentation, the story, the themes and stuff. Are you accepting all of those? Because if you're just accepting um, a horizon for one portion, just for a story, because it's a PlayStation game, you're missing the whole acceptance part. I, I think with gaming, though, and storytelling... Also, back in the day, storytelling wasn't as easy to do. Like, mm-hmm. as far as it goes with just technology-wise, techni- yeah, technology now look at games. You have face capture. You have motion capture. You have dialogue. Mm-hmm. You have voiceovers. You have writers for a story. Like, back then, they didn't have that type of technology to showcase that as well. Not saying games didn't have stories back then, because mm-hmm. obviously they did. Um, but when you are playing a game that is so yeah it has all those things done right it's easier to get lost into the story and accept it as a narrative rather than reading it or trying to imagine what these characters sound like in your head or you know what i mean like having all of that in front of you not just like playstation because like obviously you know there's games that were before yes there were playstation one games but like like even games like on Super Nintendo, it was RPGs back then. Mm-hmm. They had storytelling, but also in a way having it. I just think people are more accepting of storytelling now just because it's easier to to get it. It's like you're basically watching a movie that's interactive now. Like Horizon looks gorgeous. It's right. ridiculous. And, and, but and, the, and that's why I feel like with sometimes with people who are who, who are accepting narrative and things like that, definitely for me, I'll be like, OK. Are you going to go back and find games that tell this narrative? Are you going to pl- are you going to really look at Quantum Break or Heavy Rain? Are you going to go look at Ninja Gaiden or um, Final Fantasy three slash six, whatever people want to talk about it? Are you going to look at uh, Mega Man two 
and uh or even like check out some gangs that it's still it's it told a story but it may not have any words or voiceovers and stuff you know are you going to sometimes look at some of the retro stuff and then maybe look at even some of the current stuff that is in that field of horizon because i like for me personally i felt like you know, people were so big on Horizon and its story and just loved the production and stuff. But then people were mum about the story that was in The Last Guardian. And I feel like The Last Guardian told a stronger story than Horizon. Sony fans, hear me out. The thing about Horizon that sticks out to me to make it acceptable was that they actually... They actually focus on various things. They they focus on uh they they balance out minorities in that game and how Aloy goes out and help them to kind of prove for herself that I'm not here to harm you, but I am here to help you. You know they didn't accept Aloy because of where she came from, um. But she's working hard to show them that you know kind of changing their minds and stuff like that. Um, you know, helping gay, helping some gay characters, helping doing a side quest to get that mental. Uh, I I think she found the uh, one girl sister because she was mentally challenged and stuff. Like there hasn't been a lot of games that have done that, especially in the open world environment, where a lot of people feel like with open world games, I could go about to do anything that I want to, and you could do that in Horizon. But I'm like, when there's different plots to actually make Aloy showcase how how better for person and how guerrilla gangs thought about that you know that's something that some people some people sometimes miss and with the last guardian you know it kind of builds on a story about relationship and how um sometimes you need like yes you are taking care of trico this big bird dog and stuff it's yes the graphics are not big and bold but i'm just like there's something about having a relationship and a connection and it's hard when you lose it you can always choose what you want to do in horizon zero dawn and that might not have that might not have that much of an effect but it but that relationship in the last guardian is stronger and you might just be like, I, I don't want to lose Trico. Or I don't want to lose this. I don't want to lose the story and what they got. I want another game to tell another story of their journey. And a lot right. of people I mean, I, accept that sometimes. Yeah. I mean, for me, though, too, like, there's also different style storytelling in different ways, though. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, example, look at, look at a game like Inside or Limbo. Like, there's no word spoken. The game's black and white. Like, uh, or even games like Ori. Mm-hmm. Ori is sad as shit. Like, it is sad. And it will trigger emotional responses in you without saying words or anything like that. Like, they have different, you know, as far as storytelling-wise, like, there's different ways to tell a story. Uh, but also just, you know, even a game like, technically a game like Ori, I won't say Ori, Limbo could have existed previous generations and told an amazing story. Um, as far as it goes with like the, the inclusion of different things, that's where like, obviously horizons, your triple a production, not saying last guardian, is it, Mm -hmm. but like horizons, that type of game where literally hundreds of people worked on it and it is like this big open world and it does all of this and that's cool. But also too, as far as acceptable for storytelling, like there's ways to tell a story with far less that is still just as meaningful. It doesn't have to be 
this crazy AAA game. Personally, I never played The Last Guardian only because everything from what I saw with it didn't pique my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that piqued my interest with Horizon was Robot Dinosaurs. So I was like, <laughs> well, I, I got to see this because those two things don't mix. You say robots and you say dinosaurs. They're like, those things shouldn't be together. Um, that's the only thing that really piqued my interest with that. That's why I went that route. But um, I mean, like I said, there's different ways like. I'm just thinking of like all the different stories that are out there. Like I said, Ori is like yeah, Ori, depressing and sad. Uh, Ori is depressing in the beginning, and then yeah. you forget all about that because you're playing the game, right? Um, just where... like the first five minutes of Up. Like if you don't watch Up in the first five minutes and get sad, you have no soul. There's something wrong with you. That movie's sad. Same I... thing with Ori. It like hits you in the face right away. I didn't cry at the beginning. I just thought it was both for Disney to take that approach. Pixar, yeah. I should say. Um, yeah, they they went hard. I was like, yeah, I didn't cry, but I was just like, damn, this is how we're starting a movie. Okay, right. then. Like, okay, <laughs> I see the. Okay, they're setting it up for this journey. Okay, um, right, right. I know something like rhyme is a strong story, um, and I think what and I always talked about this about rhyme uh, with this narrative um, that I kind of find that that's very acceptable. Um, the music. The music is the music pushes rhyme and story uh, because the music, the way that it makes you feel and it feels very emotional, uh, kind of giving some detail about what's going on in this like in this section in this on this part of the game. I think the music drives that, um, and we as gamers, you know, we accept music, but we accept Nintendo music, we accept eight bit music. We not we we accept Final Fantasy Seven because we know Sephiroth and we know that game's memorable music, but like a lot of people don't accept a lot of um, music stuff in games today, which I think is kind of changing around. I think if people are accepting music in ape in indie games than they are in big first or triple A um, games right there. I think I think music was one of the things that early on was the major part of st- storytelling in the older games just because mm-hmm. you couldn't say words, you couldn't have face capture. Like you had to relay an emotion somehow and like music's been the thing. Yeah, like older games. Again, I think it was – obviously like I think when PlayStation happened because 8-bit and 16-bit, yeah, they had sound chips and – certain beep boops and beeps could happen and whatever but like when playstation happened in like cd quality audio was mm-hmm. on the disc literally cd quality audio like tomb raider you could put into a cd player and it would play the soundtrack like yes. that's it like that's exactly what it was so like i think when they started doing that um i think musically the only i mean yeah final fantasy 7 had i think probably though for me things like halo when you think of that Halo theme, that literally, like, when people hear that, it it triggers something in their head to just be like, I'm thinking of Halo right now. This is crazy. Like, this thing, yeah, exactly. You hear those monks chanting and stuff, and you're like, this is, this is Halo. Or, like, you know, especially with Halo 2, you hear the guitar riff. And I think, I, I don't want to say that's when it became, like, obviously there's many musical things. You think of the Zelda thing. dun 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 You know, there's many cues you know, or the Mario theme and all that stuff. But like when they started getting like full on orchestra involved and like now soundtracks are full on like symphonies and shit, like it's insane to think what they're doing now. But I think 
with gaming, I think it was like, I'm trying to think, I, I probably, like I said, there's always been those like 16 bit noises mm-hmm. and you know, the beep boop beeps. Uh, when people, I mean, if you listen to my intro from my podcast, it's very much like old school, like retro sounding intro, but that's just because people are talking about their memories. But like, you know, I hope now, well, the other thing too, is it depends on when you're growing up too. Cause like, yes, we think of retro and we hear the Mario theme or we hear the Zelda noise when you open a chest. Yeah, you know, there's kids now who hear retro and they think, oh, I think of Halo 1 and I just want to cry because they're like, I'm like, oh, you guys are such babies. Like that now is your triggering music. But music, I think, and of course now there's full on music games. Yeah. You know, I mean, music, but that's also licensed music, not necessarily like creating music itself. I mean, you know, there's licensed songs that are in games, but then there are games where you can create your own music. You know, yes. Mario, well, like Mario Paint had the music maker part of it in there. But again, that was more beeps and boops and beeps not really full-on music but you know people made some sick beats in that too i'm just saying dude some people are still using it making modern music right put it on youtube and i'm just like that's insane and i'm playing this for the 15th time because it's good yeah you know? some people i mean they go hard with it and uh i mean again i think like the whole acceptable with music because now like i said music is these these games now are full on movies minus the the, the indie scene but like mm-hmm. even things like cuphead like yes. the music in cuphead is phenomenal because it sounds exactly like the time period where that art is from like it's perfect and yeah now gaming as far as you know accepting with music i think now music is fully become a, a it, it's a big part even though it was a part of like the older games it's now become like an essential thing to help just add to the overall experience yes uh definitely um like more piano is being done like more melodic piano arrangements is being done and i think that's really been set in a lot of uh games like uh, uh like like florence or um not so much the sexy brutal or anything like that but uh like the gardens between and games like that like they they have this adventure mode in the style but still like a puzzler and stuff and there's just something about when a piano piece is playing it just just sounds so good it's so mental it's just like you hear this and you be like i want to buy the soundtrack you mm-hmm. you would never have a lot of people say, oh, the music's good. I want to buy that soundtrack back in the day. You know, music, like you said, it, it's been it's becoming a big part of gaming. Uh, you know, we got video games live. Uh, the, we had the Zelda Symphony. And we got, uh, like, other concerts that people are going to. Whether you're a gamer or not, you want to go and you want to hear these pieces. Or definitely, like, people who are at the Final Fantasy co- uh, conventions and stuff. Like, I don't own Final Fantasy fourteen, but the music that I heard from there, I want the whole soundtrack because it sounds so good. Uh, and you would never hear a lot of gamers have that, you know, have that want and have that need for music. Yeah, I mean, again, like back then, I I, I do applaud them for what they were able to do with so little technology in the in the cartridge, mm-hmm. you know, because some of the soundtracks of older games, again, like. I think it was also ease of getting it example. Like I know there's a lot of people, I know friends who like go back and listen to certain soundtracks of games because they like them. But now gaming is more acceptable. Like it's not like, I remember, I think the first gaming soundtrack I distinctly remember being on shelves was halo. Like halo two actually had 
a soundtrack. Yes. Now, again, Halo 2 was a fucking phenomenon that took over the world when it came out. So they had marketing all over the place and they had like soundtracks. But I remember like Halo 2's soundtrack being at a Best Buy, like right on the shelf with other CD soundtracks. And again, now you can go online and go to a Spotify playlist and listen to all of Final Fantasy 1 or Final Fantasy 3 or whatever you want to listen to. But I think, like, honestly, after Halo 2, like, the official soundtrack where, like, people made, like, artists that were actually in bands, like, like full-on musicians made songs for Halo 2 and had them on a soundtrack alongside the whole orchestra, you know, orchestra and all that stuff. Yes. But, I mean, now, like I said, now it's just, I think, also ease of being able to find it. Because, like I said, I can go on YouTube right now and pull up a soundtrack for Link to the Past. If I really wanted to, like I yes. could do that now. Uh, but again, technology wise back then also, it's like, how do you, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, I'm thinking of my dumb kid brain. Like, how do you record a soundtrack off of a cartridge? Do I hold up like a microphone to the speaker and just be like, but uh, now there's digital things to make I, it way easier. I, I am guilty. I have done that before. Right. I mean, I've, I've, I've like done that with songs on the radio before i had like a cassette that had the radio built in because i'm yeah. broken whatever but like no i'm just thinking like how do i record noises off of this but now obviously there's a rom that has all the sound clips and then you can just extract them. i mean now people have found easier ways to do it and like i said now technology just makes it way easier but also technology has made things easier in general for acceptance everywhere of a lot of things yes that is true so, like I mean, like look, look at yeah. Go, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go. go. I was gonna say like just I'll, look I'll at this. Like just look at. I mean, the internet's made certain topics shed to light that had been in the uh, problem for years. You know, you know, women being in video games, uh, minorities being in video games, uh, over sexualizing females in video games. Um, all these things like have been thoughts in people's heads, but then the internet happened and made them all very public and then getting enough people around them had made them very, very public. So, but that's changed a lot, not just in video games, but overall in general. Yes. Uh, so, um, me and Mitch, uh, were talking, uh, and, um, we were talking about fanboys and the console wars and, agreements and disagreements and uh acceptance and uh, this you know people not setting things about there um we have individual ideas about this um so i'm gonna head it over to you mitch um kind of want to get your take on that of what what do you find well what do people find acceptable or what reasons they use people use to find stuff acceptable about their particular console or them as a fan a fan of that particular product okay first off number one fanboys are stupid the idea of being so tied to one company that you'll (laughs) go to bat and cuss out somebody on the internet is ridiculous number one um as far as it goes with fanboys i I people could easily say I'm an Xbox fanboy. They could easily say that because my favorite console is my Xbox. Okay. I follow the Xbox subreddit. That's my number. Like when I open up my Reddit app, it goes to the Xbox one subreddit. I particularly like everything that Microsoft's doing. Now you could say that I I'm an Xbox fanboy, right? But I also have a PlayStation and I also have a switch 
and I like them as well. The idea of like, because back in the day also too, it, it sucks because the internet has made things way easier to yell at random people mm-hmm. and join up and gang up on random people. Um, back in the days of like the schoolyard, you know, you would get kids that talk shit. You know, Genesis is trash. Nah, Genesis is awesome. Super Nintendo is for babies. I think the problem is, is that what you don't, what nobody wants in this world is to accept that they may have made a mistake or been wrong. Okay. So for example, people bought PS3 and they were like, and the PS3 was getting its ass kicked by Xbox at the time, just getting its face stomped in left and right. And you could love Sony all day long. But when you get to the point where you blindly don't see things that are clearly not doing well or clearly going wrong and you just angrily defend them because you just don't want to feel like you made the bad choice. You don't want to feel like you screwed up and chose the wrong thing. So instead of accepting things that you screwed up, you just want to yell at somebody and say, no, fuck you. You're wrong. And here's why. Um, I think Sony, for the most part, Sony people will just say Microsoft has no exclusives, which again, you could say compared to Sony, sure, they don't have as many exclusive studios. Obviously, things are changing, but I think Sony will always – I mean like the whole idea of – it sounds bad because like Xbox and Sony seem to fight all day long. Nintendo just wants to talk about how amazing Nintendo is, and they don't want to accept if Nintendo does something wrong. Like, like example, like the Wii U. When the Wii U came out, and it was not good, and there are good games – I'm not shitting on it, but that console overall failed badly. And I okay, so this is this is one of the agreements and disagreements that we mm-hmm. have, and we and we uh, we've talked. I've talked about this a lot, a lot of a lot of places. Um, it's just like you said, not one except you know being wrong or anything. Um, I think the what happened with the Wii U is that. And you probably could uh, probably not make you might not agree to this or anything. A lot of people feel like the third party didn't give Nintendo a fair chance with the Wii U. And not it's not nothing to do with the controller. It has nothing to do with Nintendo's business practice or anything. During that time, even with the 360 and PS3, people who were putting stuff on Wii U were becoming successful. And people who were putting stuff on other companies, if it didn't reach a certain amount of sales, um, we would get stories that, you know, if it didn't meet expectations or that game came out and that studio closed and stuff like that. Or even if a third party did bring that game to Wii U, they didn't market it very well. They didn't send that many copies and they cut some of the content out. So they was getting a lesser game for the same price as the other ones. Definitely with online being a big thing. And in in that era, you know, a lot of gamers felt that, you know, Nintendo is for babies and Nintendo is this and that. And a lot of people can say that, you know, the upper, other companies were looking at Nintendo to take their ideas and try to replicate it and stuff like that. And some people still, some some companies still do that and everything. I think with the Wii U is that it, it, it failed on a level that it didn't offer enough 
to bring in Western third parties where it kind of was the future for Nintendo with Japanese uh, developers and publishers and bringing them back to the forefront like the NES, NES days was. Because don't forget, um, video games were, uh, you know, came from Japan in a sense. Before, you know, Atari had this crash. Um, Nintendo came in and rescued it and kind of changed this stuff. In the era of the PS3 and 360 and Wii U days, you know, like you said, 360 was riding high. PS3 wasn't in a great place. And Nintendo was just being Nintendo. And I think Nintendo recognized that we're not going to compete with anybody. You Like you said, Nintendo's showing how great Nintendo is. And Sony and Microsoft are now realizing that. Definitely Microsoft is now realizing that. Is that, you know, let's stop competing. Let's put our products out everywhere that we can. And if the person wants to have something to say about it, let them say about it. But the availability and the visibility is there. You know. Yeah, for me, like the only reason why I think I would consider the Wii U a failure is just because of and also, too, it's it's a couple different things. The Wii sold 100 million consoles. Mm-hmm. The Wii U sold 13 million to have that big of a drop, but also too, like, I think there's a lot of things. And again, Nintendo will do their own thing. Right. And that's yes. always been the case. Nintendo's going to do their own thing. They're not going to compete. But I think the problem was, is like, and again, the, the, this unfortunately happens with all game companies, not just Nintendo or Microsoft or Sony, but every game company, when you have the biggest success in the world at that time, mm-hmm. you feel you can come out and do whatever the fuck you want and people will buy it. Example, we 100 million consoles fucking sold crazy, revived Nintendo. You know, game 64 was doing okay, GameCube was doing well, but we was like that like bar graph of console. So when you go to Wii, is just out of the damn world. They felt they could do whatever and people would buy it. And then they came out the marketing initially. Like, I remember I talked about this earlier on my uh, before on my show when they announced the Wii U. On G4, Adam Sessler was straight like, I don't know what this is. Is this a new console? Is this a controller? Is it an add-on for the Wii? Like they didn't do a good job of throwing it out exactly what it was. That plus like the games that launched were were promising because there was more third-party support. There was like Mm -hmm. Mass Effect and Batman and you know uh, Ubisoft and EA gave a shit and like all these games were there. But then like after that initial run – and when the Wii U didn't blow up the way they did, I felt third parties at that time were basically just like, we don't like it's also at fault of the third parties as well, because third parties, if they gave a shit and put money into it and made it a special thing instead of a side project, like they obviously put all their eggs into the 360 PS3 basket, which makes sense because of the console sales. That's yes. where their most of their money was going to come from. Right. So. For the Wii U, you would get this bastardized, like basic version, no online, lower graphics, maybe some gimmicky like game or gamepad stuff. But that's also in the third parties because if they gave a shit to make it better, it maybe would have sold better on the Wii U to make it worth their money. So they didn't want to put money into it, which also didn't get them money back. So in a way, they were just kind of like doing it to shut some people like Ubisoft. What they did with Watch Dogs was ridiculous. Like Watch Dogs came out 360, PS3, Xbox One, PS4. Wii U version came out like way later and it was just 
so bad, even compared to the 360 version. It was and, just bad. And the, and the thing about that was that they lost on Watch Dogs when it came to the other four consoles because people were just like, this wasn't what you guys advertised. Right. Mario Kart 8 destroyed it throughout the right. whole summer. And it was just like, I could understand if they would have put this game out, or if they would have put Watch Dogs on, out on Wii U, um, I could understand that it's not doing well due to the fact that Mario Kart 8 would came out. But you delayed it to focus on the other games, and then you had to deal with that controversy. So we, you, so we, you players are feeling like you know, accept Ubisoft, accept your fate because this is what you did to us. And Nintendo came in and rescued. And plus, Nintendo was offering a free game, one of their free games. If you bought Mario Kart Eight, so you was getting two games for the price of one. Right. I also think though, like Nintendo, all like obviously Nintendo is going to focus on their first party because that's where their bread and butter is. It's like that's everything to them, right? Like Ubisoft is just the game developer. They're not publishing consoles or anything, so they don't really care. They're just putting out the game on the console. Like Nintendo obviously wants their games to shine best on their console, which yes. all first parties do, right? If you look at Gears on the Xbox, if you look at Horizon on PS4, they look amazing because it's only made for that. So those first party people focus on that. Um, I think the thing with like Nintendo, but I, like I was mentioning earlier though, with how Nintendo got cocky and felt they could do what they wanted, Xbox did the same thing this generation. Mm -hmm. 360 was destroying. And then they came out and were like, we're going to make a console that does this, 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 and this. And, and nobody wanted that. And Sony did it with PS3 because exactly. of Exactly. Same thing. Yeah. PS2 happened. They said, we're going to make a console that's $600 fucking dollars. And, you, and they straight up said, you will get a second job to buy it because that's how yes. cocky they were. And everybody was like, go to hell. We're did not you, doing that. Did you, did you see the EGM cover of the PS3 with the tomato on it? No. Yes. Okay. So everybody look it up on YouTube, on uh on Google Images. Electronic Gaming Monthly had a cover where the PS3 had a uh, a tomato on it and I think they were speaking to uh one of the C CEOs at that time I can't think of this of his name. But they were talking and stuff and they asked him a question about, you know, PS3 and he said, "You can you can barely see any PS3s on the shelves." And I think they sh put in a picture showing that there was a monster full of PS3s that have never been brought, and they weren't doing they weren't doing well uh, f at that time. And it was just like, wow! Like the that interview and uh, those pictures and how they had really hurt Sony at that time. It, it really did. And when Microsoft announced what they was not announced with Xbox One, that hurt Microsoft in its own way, in a sense. That that helped PS4 sell what it sold. Um, yeah, no, like that whole – and again, as an Xbox fan, again, I – so here's the thing. Like I – when that Xbox One announced – announcement happened i was excited because mm -hmm. i was like hey there's a new xbox coming out i was excited by the way with every when every time a console gets announced i get excited regardless of the console because i'm wanting to see something new i want to yes. see what they have an idea of what they're doing when microsoft first came out and they announced the whole like always online family sharing all that stuff initially as a guy who has internet connection all the time as a guy who has multiple people in the house playing games at the same time 
I was thinking that's fine. Like I didn't think it was necessarily bad, but I didn't necessarily think it was the end of the world like the rest of the internet did. But also how Microsoft handled that was awful because you had executives saying one thing and executives saying another thing. Nobody was on the same boat. There was mixed messages. You know, the PS3 thing we were talking about where they said, you'll get a second job. Like an executive at Sony said that shit. At the same time, Don Matrick, that awful human being who ruined Microsoft, straight up said, oh, if you want a console that doesn't require always online, we have an Xbox 360. And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, you're trying to sell a new console and you're pissing off everybody right now. Like, why are you saying these things? It's that condescending attitude. Yep. Yep. And that's why I'm just like, that attitude will always hurt you. You have to go in humble. You have to go in hungry. And again, like now look at, look at the the tables, right? Is like right now, Nintendo obviously learned that again, I think what happens is you have to get your face kicked in for one generation and then you come back strong. Right. And, 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 and with Nintendo, it, Nintendo has a bigger history of having problems because of Yamaguchi being in it. When Iwata came, when Iwata came, that whole thing about Nintendo in this era changed things. And now that we have Kimishima, no, not Kimishima, we have uh, the new person, we have Reggie and stuff, you know, they took their beatings. And they still progressed. They didn't disrespect nobody. Uh, it might seem at points that some stuff probably was, was been said, but, you know, if you if you look at Iwata himself and even Miyamoto, and when they took that price cut in their salary because of Wii U wasn't doing fine, that's the way that people accepted Nintendo in a sense that we haven't lived up to our expectations, so we're doing this to ourselves. So that's why when gamers uh, watch the EA news and the Activision news about cutting jobs and stuff, people said the things that they that they said, um, and the what they did and what they did was people didn't find that acceptable, and they felt I mean, they felt like what Nintendo did was is the acceptable way when things doesn't go right for your company. Also, too, though, and this is culturally a thing, Japan is a very honorable society where, yes. like, they will accept, like, they bowed in front of, like, this, either a meeting or, like, a shareholders meeting or something. They, like, sat yes. and bowed at basically, we're sorry, we're screwing up. Like, Nintendo, and, like, again, like, Japan as a culture is just a very honorable culture, culture whereas, like, America, it's sad to say, but, like, hey, money, we like money, right. capitalist money, Shoot. yay, money. Iwata was bowing in the directs because the game got delayed. Right. Like, again, like, it's just Nintendo, and, like, that's how Nintendo is always going to be. You could say Sony does the same thing, but I don't know if Sony ever did anything like that. They may have. I, I'm not sure. And, but uh, Microsoft's never going to do that. Sorry. Like, they're just, you know, again, like, I, I think, though, gaming, as far as what people find acceptable with the console wars, I mean, the problem is, is, like, gaming, as far as it goes, I won't say gamers accept they they expect too much, but they really do at the same time. Like what needs to become acceptable is people need to realize that number one, um, as sad as it is and as how much as you hate it, um, gaming is a business where people are doing it to make money. Yeah. Okay. Like Jim Sterner said, uh, these video game companies are not your friends. They're in. They're not. Business. 
they're in it for the business. And when you start thinking of things logically, when you start thinking of things like that, you know, I get where some people are like, it's for the art and I get it. But also too, those people are never going to be able to show you their art if they do not make money to get to this point. Like, sorry. Yes, there are indie games. There are games out there where there's not all this corporate overlord and blah, 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 telling you what you can and can't show. I get it. But also too, like you have to have something to be able to do those things. Like you can't just, you know, you don't get paid in, in awesome art style. You get paid by people buying your game and accepting your game. So I think now with people, gamers just need to start accepting the fact that like these games companies are a business. They have to make money. These, yeah, go ahead. And people, some, some of the gamers, hopefully now they are starting to accept that other gamers like the stuff that they wouldn't play or they wouldn't buy, you know, I, I I find it baffling on how people have accepted Monster Hunter World but never been into the Monster, Monster Hunter uh, universe. And I'm happy that people bought Monster Hunter World and it got the sales that it that it got. Maybe now people could go back and play it on the 3DS or, in, or the Wii or Wii U or PS2 or whatever. Like, go back and now find out what led up to why Monster Hunter World became what it is. Like, if you're going to accept this one game from this company, there's a lot of stuff that they put out that you could go back and see the Evolve. You might not like it, but, you know, if you're willing to buy it and give it a try and find it acceptable, you'll you'll be good to go. Like, I, some people think that I don't love the Souls games in Bloodborne. Find the Souls games in that genre all acceptable. Um, My thing is, hey, there's Mega Man. This Ninja Gaiden, there's super, there's ghouls and ghosts. There are literally some hard games that will frustrate the mess out of you, and those games don't really have a safety net. Some of the soul games do. Go check that out if you like that hard challenge and that hard difficulty, which is I I don't know what your take is about the easy mode in games. That that I don't know where this crazy debate like, has came from. By the way, I'm sorry. Um, easy, the whole like difficulty. I mean, so here, my thought is is on difficulty is giving players an option is never a bad thing. Yes, ever look at the option with a male or female character. Assassin's Creed. You can literally Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You can choose to play as a male. The entire story or a female mass effect. Same thing. Mm. No one's complaining about options when it comes to characters. Nobody's complaining about options when it comes to creating a character and choosing what color you want that character. Nobody's choosing getting pissed off over options of different weapons in a game or who the fuck cares about a difficulty in a game. If you want the game to be hard, if you like your face kicked in over and over and over and over. And if you're one of those weirdos that likes that and you want to die. They're, if you want to die a thousand times on one stage, then do it. They, but also don't hate on the people that don't want that experience. Like, it's just weird. They're, they're not weirdos. They're people of a uh, higher uh, standard for challenge. They have a high standard for challenge. The, True. The, yeah. the challengers, let's just say. The challengers right, but again, like, have... the thing is, like, don't hate on – I, like if you, there are, but again though, like and again, it's a it's a matter of accepting a different 
way, a different yes. thing, way of thinking. That's the problem is that people don't want to accept a different way of thinking. They want to think the way they do it is the way it should be. But that's not the case. Like if we thought that way, things would be very different if we didn't have changing of minds. Right. right. Like there's a lot of things that have changed over the last hundred years that if we didn't have a changing of minds would be really bad. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like people need to accept the fact that things can be different. You can like certain things. You can like some people like men, some people like women, some people like both. Like it doesn't matter. Like giving people an option. If you want a challenge, sure. If the gamer wants to give you that challenge, sure. But if a person wants to experience a game without that, why is that such a problem? Because like what? They're like, oh, just get good. Like, but you don't understand. Like example, me, I'm a dad. I have four kids. I have a full-time job. I have a mortgage, right? If I'm playing a game and I'm dying over and over and over and over and over and over in one area, I don't want to play your game anymore, period. And again, some people are like, well, that's fine. You can just go play something else. Or that company could sell more games, which is, by the way, the point of every game company's goal is to sell you a game. If there were options to have you buy the game and play it and not be as hard. Like I wouldn't want to play again if there was options for an easy now. Granted, I don't go easy mode, but I also don't go hard either. I just go normal. That's how I play all my games. Mm -hmm. But there's people that aren't as good as games as me, so they want to go easy mode. The the level, uh, the skill level is different. Right. Think of a child. Think of a little kid. You're gonna give like a six year old Dark Souls and be like, "Yo, figure this shit out." You're six. Like. Look at okay, look at Mario for example. New Mario Deluxe, the new one, right? Yes. For for Switch. Was it Super New Super Mario whatever? It's got like nine titles. Anyways, <laughs> they have a character in the game who cannot get hurt by enemies at all. Yes. You can run through everybody and not get hurt like your Terminator. Now, for me, that doesn't sound like fun because I want more of a challenge. To my 3-year-old daughter, her to play as a character who can just run by and not get hurt, she's having a blast. And this is the thing about that. You set the challenge in Mario. As right. in, if you want to get all the coins, you need to learn that tricky jump. If you go if you want to try to speed run it, you have to be particular at certain parts of what you can do. Super Mario Maker is a nightmare. But yeah, it's, it's, it's like torture. It's at times. a delight. And the nightmare part co not comes from you playing the level. It's coming from creating the level. Because right. you're creating the difficulty to put right. out into the world. And whether you're going to be criticized for if it's good or bad, the nightmare is oh my goodness, I'm making the level. And I don't, and I'm scared of the reaction to put it out there. I could beat it, and it's easier for me. It's my challenge. But when you have a million of other people playing your level, it's a nightmare to see what the response is going to be. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of gamers who, uh, who look at Sekiro just or look at from software for right now. And look at the, the source genre. It's just like, this is a type of game that we back in the NES era are accustomed to because this not only made the game longer, 
this better our skill. So do get your tail kick in Sekiro because it's forcing you to learn without no handicaps. You have been baby in some in some in certain games, but when you don't have that safety net, now it's going to put your it's you're going to learn so you can update your skill or there's GameStop right there. You could trade it in for something else that you want that's going to bring you satisfaction. I can tell you for, a f- like, example, the Souls games. I personally don't play them only because I get frustrated too quickly playing the game. I don't play games to get frustrated. I play games to enjoy myself. And see, right? I, and I, the thing with me is I can I could play the Souls game. I could get to them, get my tail kicked and enjoy it and love it. Sorry about that. But the thing is, I can't play a Souls game like an action-style game because it's not fast. I can't do multiple combos. I'm stuck with a stamina, need, a stamina meter. I want to uppercut folks in the, up in the air, do a combo, zip around, dot. I want to do multiple stuff because it's entertaining. Right. The sit back and wait and take two steps and hit, hit, and then move away and be a coward and stuff, it's just like... the. This is a test of my patience because I'm so accustomed to dot, 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 beep, 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 action, action, right. action. Yeah, and again, like, I don't – again, everybody has their own opinion of what they like. Like, I personally – I remember playing Bloodborne for PS4, and I just – I couldn't do it. I just wasn't a fan. Like, I just – and again, like, there are people that love that game, mm-hmm. and I get it. But, like, again, like, had there been more options for difficulty – then maybe I would enjoy the game a little bit more. Maybe if I wasn't dying as quickly, I can enjoy the game more. Yes. Maybe if that was the case, I would purchase another Souls type game, knowing there was that option. And, and there's and there's options though in games though. Like there's again, there are difficulty modes where every single game can be near impossible if yes. you want it to, as long as there's an option to do so. Like you can play Wolfenstein. On the hardest difficulty where there's like nothing, there's like no health, there's no like there. And, they, you know, even if they have things like game modes where it's harder, they also have things yes. like achievements, though, that are just as insane. Like there's achievements. If you want that challenge, it doesn't necessarily have to be a hard game, but there is a certain achievement that if you want to get that, you have to do some next level impossible shit that you didn't think you could do. There's achievements where. You have to beat Wolfenstein. I think it's I think I want to say it's Wolfenstein. Hardest difficulty without dying in one sitting. What? Like no, that sounds insane. But there is a person that's out there who is like I want to do that because I want that challenge. And they Wolfenstein put it has on like YouTube five difficult- watch. Yeah. They have five different difficulties or something for you. But also at the same time, you get that person who doesn't want that insane experience, but they want to shoot things and feel like they're powerful. So there's an option for that. And Mitch, no one has brought up Nintendo Switch online. There's SP versions of some of their older games that are hard as ever. You tried to play The Legend of Zelda 2 by its original self. You will be driving yourself mad. But they have an SP version for that. Right. They have like like I said, they have they've they've always had hard games and everything. The difference is here's the in my opinion, the difference with hard games and accepting is like accepting a game is hard because it's difficult as far as the gameplay goes, mm-hmm. or is the game hard because the controls are bad? Is it hard because the game is just 
the hitboxes are trash? Is it like, because you think of like certain games that are hard, they're not, you know, the concept of the game is not hard, but when you like hit a button and it's like not responsive or like the jumping is inconsistent or, mm-hmm. you know, there's just like, there's different things that are out there that some people would consider hard for those old games. Uh, like example, like Cuphead. Cuphead is a difficult game. It is not an impossible game. However, it is so tight with the controls, it loads instantly if you die. Like if you die, you're right back in the game. Yes. Those little quality of improvement things make that game less frustrating. So you know like if I die, okay, here's the reason why. It's not because I hit this button and it didn't do it or I did, you know the controller wasn't as responsive or I went to do this and it wasn't doing it. Like there's different things that can make a game frustrating. Um, but like some of those old NES games though are hard because like controls weren't the best. Also, they were still figuring out video games. So what do you want me to do? Like, you know, I mean, now they've kind of figured out video games for the most part. Like they know how to do controls, right? They know how to do, you know, camera angles, right? Like Kingdom Hearts one. Uh, I love Kingdom Hearts. That camera in Kingdom Hearts one can be the most frustrating thing on earth. The game's not frustrating because the difficulty's hard. The game's frustrating because the camera sucks or the angles or the, the control sucker that, you know, there's different things that could cause frustration. Bloodborne literally felt unfair. I felt like I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I'm not going to stick around long enough to figure out what's wrong to want to be better at this. I just think in an acceptance, gamers should just accept the fact that there more options is never a bad thing. Yes. Like having less options and being more restrained is actually the harder thing. If people are just more acceptable, openness is the thing I should say. And gamers have to, and I think also gamers have to accept that it's up to the developer on what how what they want to create for the game and how they want to put in the challenge. And if they put it out there, it's up to you as the gamers to be like, I wish I could play this game, but what they said has kind of made me take a step back. I may come to it if it's a good sale and may may be like, okay, I'll give this a, a try. And I know what it offers. I know what it is, but I'm willing to take that step. To, step. It's going to get frustrating. It's going to be difficult. Um, you're not paying $60 to breeze through a game. You know, people feel like if a game is too easy or it is easy, it's boring to them. You know, people say that about say that about Epic uh, Yarn and, and Yoshi stuff. But it's just like, if you stick for it, for the experience, and there's going to be some enjoyment for it and stuff. And sometimes there's some, some creative stuff that people are missing. So, um I think that's our take. I think we both kind of accept different things about it. Uh, but is there anything that you want to discuss about accepting stuff in games? Is there anything that we're missing uh, that you would like to touch on? I mean, like I said, I just think as far as accepting games, if people were just more acceptable in general with with things like the fact, you know, I don't – I'm trying to think of – you know, I the one thing that's I mean, what's frustrating lately is certain people are unacceptable of certain things because of race, which is absolutely mm-hmm. insanity. Like, that's the most insane thing in the world. Like, I I cannot um, like them saying like, oh, you made the character black and you didn't have to. That's ridiculous. Like, that's the story that they wanted to tell. Like, right. 
who gives a shit? Like, this is what they wanted to do. Um, I, I don't, like I said, obviously, the internet has made it far easier to see the hateful things, right? Yes. Like, it, you know, again, back in the day before the internet was a thing, you had like a circle of people you were around. Now, obviously, there was a lot of shit going around outside of your circle that you may not have been aware. Like in my circle, I never once had a racist bone in my body, period. I grew up around so many different people, so many different races, so many different, you know, every, I mean, people from all over the world. And like, I never once thought that person is less than me because of this. Now, literally down the street, somebody could have had the exact opposite views of me, right? The problem is now is like the internet has made it so easy to say anything at any time to everyone mm. that unfortunately things like this happen where like you get those weird people. I mean, I don't think lately when it comes to gaming though, I don't think race is as big of a thing as it was like gender. That was the thing that was pissing me off the most is like, people were like, I'm not going to play your game because you have a female protagonist. I had a problem with um, people not playing the game because they didn't want to read. And it's just like, wait, what? You're 26. <laughs> Hey, hey, maybe they can't read, dude. Maybe they want voice acting, damn it. They can't read. You ever think about the illiterate out there? Come on, bro. How how but you, how but you're texting you? but you're texting on your phone constantly. Voice to text, bro. Siri type that shit out, man. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how to spell that. No. Um, but no, like again, I think the thing is gaming is different to every person, right? Mm -hmm. Some people want gaming as I want to sit down, I want to relax. I want to get through whatever bad day I had and just chill out and I want to play, you know, MMO or something. I just want to like talk to other people and just chill. And then you get those people that like came home from the worst day of work in the world and go, I want to shoot somebody right now. I want to play some shooter and go shoot somebody instead of shooting somebody in real life. Again, some people get their anger out in different ways. Yes. How are we going to do it? But I think gaming to each person is just different. So like some people enjoy reading. Some people <laughs> – some people enjoy action games. Some people enjoy fantasy games. Like there's just – everybody is different. But the thing is, is like no one game is going to please every single gamer in the world, mm. period. Like there's never going to be a game that's going to come out and make everyone in the entire world love it. There are people that will talk shit on Breath of the Wild for real. <laughs> and again, like that's their own opinion. But it's just a matter of like – Accepting the fact that like not all games are for everybody. Game developers have to do what they have to do to stay in business and keep making games for you. Yes. And just be accepting of the fact that not not everything in this world is going to make you happy. Obviously, there's things in the world that are going to upset you. But just accept the fact that everybody has their own unique tastes, especially when it comes to gaming, just like they do books and music and movies. <laughs> It, but but the thing is, it's like just accept accept the fact that you don't have to like it. You and, don't have to. It's an option. It's a choice. And I think that's why some people are accepting of me when it comes to me me giving my opinion on certain things. Oh, tr tr I have for some people they they feel like I have said some outlandish, some negative. And some infuriating things. And it was just like, well, I do have a host a podcast if you guys want to come on to talk about it. And I think I think they're not accepting sometimes what I say and what I do. It's because they never dealt with anything. 
they have had people who only just agree with them on certain things. And sure. now that something is so out of the box that you, not not talking about you, Mitch, but you no, as that person who are who was responding in that manner, you have never came across somebody with a different reason and a different logic of stuff. And and you literally could be so mad at me, but if we sit down and have a conversation and talk stuff out, and you mention something about Chippewas, and I'd be like, "Man, did you taste the soft ones?" And we go on a whole different tangent and forget it. You would kind of be like, "I'm not trying to throw the conversation off or anything," but I'm just like, "You have that one on one with me, and you would be you would actually see how acceptable I am when it comes to things." Yes, I said stuff about Grandad Follow Five. I said some stuff about Rockstar. It blows Mitch and other people mind. But it does. It, I was it, like I was literally in shock hearing you say those things. But, but again I've never, I'm not Oh, go ahead. I've I was, no, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't give up on Grand Follow Five. I didn't give up give up on the Uncharted series. I stayed there and played it. And I give Grand Follow Five some props. I will, I will give them some props for some things. They they really did make a good game. For me personally, because of what I see Rockstar do with their design, I kind of just wish that they would change it up. And I kind of wish that you guys have enough talent and you have enough money to do something else. Some people not might not like it, but... I'm like, you are in a position where you could go outside the box of the design something else. And because of how powerful you are, how great of designers you guys are, you have enough to bring another product out that people will believe in. And right. I just I, I want don't, Rockstar to take that chance. Yeah, I don't think – here's the thing. So like you saying what you said about Grand Theft Auto V, did I agree with it at all? No. No. <laughs> now, again though, the difference is – you don't want to admit like not you, but I mean, just like in general, yeah. like people have a very hard time accepting if they're wrong. Right. They don't want to admit like the thing they might like example. There's certain people that like a certain game that everyone hates that everyone hates. And they're just like, no, I love this game and I'm going to defend it because I don't want to be wrong. Same thing goes the other way around. There's a game that everyone and their mother loves and you don't like it. But you want to defend yourself because you don't want to think you're wrong. You want to, def- you know, think this is how it is. A- example, like with me in Skyrim, a million, millions of fucking people love that game to death. I don't. I don't. I don't feel that I'm wrong. I don't feel that they're wrong. It's just everybody's opinion. That's it's it's what you have to narrow it down to. To say you're wrong or right is completely subjective. But what's not acceptable is when you get to the point where you won't accept that there is a possibility you could be wrong, mm. so you defend yourself all day long, even though you're not accepting the fact that there are other options and other people's opinions out there. I literally said, uh, and this is going to be the last part of it, um, I said that uh, Metroid Other M was, I think it was 2010, I feel like that was game of the year. And literally people were shot. And they were just like, you're just because of Nintendo. You're just because. I was just like, before y'all make y'all comments and y'all get mad. Understand this. Team Ninja actually made an action game that's worth playing. 
without you guys complaining about camera difficulty or anything else. This helped Team Ninja kind of recognize that they could do stuff in a better manner and have and get better results. You can say whatever you want about story and all that other stuff about other M if you want to. But when you recognize that there's been a change from a certain developer from their previous work, you got to kind of give them props to it. And when you, as a person who is mad at that, can't combat that, then, then you know, you just be like, well, okay, I see his point, and that's it. I think, like, the thing is, though, is, like, people don't get to the point where they say, I can understand where he's coming from. Yes. Yes. That's the hard part. Yes. Nobody wants to get to that point. They just want to accept they're right, they're right, they're right, they're right. Everybody else is wrong. Everybody else is wrong. And, unfortunately... There are people out there, especially on Twitter, there are people that are out there who are like that and they're not open-minded to different things. Unfortunately, closed-minded people are why certain things are the way they are in our political thing, in our race divide, in all these things. People don't want to just accept the fact that I want to think the way they think or I'm, I'm trying to understand where they're coming from. Like They don't think that way in general. So unfortunately, when it comes to games, when you say – like example – People will say I'm a huge Xbox fanboy. Horizon was my favorite game of 2017. I'm a huge Xbox guy. Spider-Man for PS4 was my favorite game of 2018. Right there should let you know. I love my Xbox One so damn much. But those games on PlayStation were so good. And I can't argue that. And I can't try to, you know, I could easily say, oh, my opinion's right. PlayStation's garbage. I'm never going to play a game on PlayStation. Um, I'm going to choose Sea of Thieves for Game of the Year of 2018 because it's the only goddamn Xbox game that came out in 2018. Like, I could say that. Yeah, that's true. I could say, but again, though, as a person who is, like, so close-minded and not open-minded. I could easily say like my what I like has to be game of the year and if anybody says I'm wrong, I'm going to argue with them instead of saying you know what? I like this, but this is also good and I can't argue that. I I have to, you know, think of it from a different perspective and um, if if more people thought in that regard yes. of like they not just gaming, but a lot of things would be considerably better in this world if people thought like that. And everybody, th- this discussion, it's, a, it's something that you have to accept. <laughs> right. Again, like, and again, everything I'm saying you could say is bullshit and I'm wrong. Everything you're saying, I'm saying right now, you could completely disagree with. And that's fine because that's how you feel. Right. And if that's how you feel, I can't change your mind. I'm just a guy and I'm just saying how how I feel and if you feel different then you feel different but and, I can't get mad and you know I I got like I said I still love everybody and I still accept everybody because that's the that's the way I am I'm just like you might not like my opinion but then you know you might be like oh I can't stand that Eddie but oh he's giving me some love and like celebrating that I got a platinum and and uh bloodborne stuff like i will still root for you even though i might not like uh i might not be 
attached to that certain game, but I'm attached to you as a gamer and your viewpoints, and I would rather root for you than be discouraged and stuff. I accept you for who you are. Sometimes it's me for who I am. I love Mitch. I, I really do. Uh, I don't get to talk to you often, and I, and I suck. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I Like, example, when he told me Grand Theft Auto Five was the worst game he ever played, I could have said, no, nah, I'm busy. I don't want to do this show. However, <laughs> I'm open-minded, and I was like, no, let's go. Let's see. Again, yes. I, you know, it was great talking to you. It was great. Hopefully, I just hope, in general, more people are accepting of looking the other way, looking, not just thinking of their right. Think of, you know, you possibly could be wrong or think of how it could be from the other end. And like I told Mitch, I own it for PS3 and then I own the game for PS4. So that tells you something about it. At least you got Rockstar. <laughs> you helped Rockstar make Red, uh, Red Dead at least. Yes. <laughs> so and I have read I have read that too actually on Xbox One and I did a review. And actually I thought Red, to me generally, and then we're going to end it, I thought Red Dead 2 was better than Grand Theft Auto V. And again, like some people... I personally think Fallout's better than Skyrim. Everybody has their own thing. I personally like Fallout better than Skyrim. And the only thing it has to do with is the fact that Fallout has guns and not stupid magic bullshit. But that's just my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) But everybody, that is the show. Mitch, once again, where can we find you at? Uh, you can go on Twitter at MitchPower1116, where I mostly just tweet about my show. Uh, you could also, if you want to be a guest on my show, go ahead and uh, DM me at MitchPower1116 or at my podcast Twitter page, which is GUG Podcast. Of course, Growing Up Gaming Podcast goes live every single Tuesday on all platforms available, basically. Yeah. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, probably your local AM station, too. I don't know. I don't know where they put it out there. Yes, and you guys can find me on Twitter at that virtual code. You can find more of Optional Opinion on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and other podcast apps. Check out NGRRadio.com for my, uh, for my other work and podcasts and World One One podcast on uh, Podbean.com. Thank you once again, everybody, for checking out. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Once again, thank you, Mitch, for coming in on the show and nerding out with me. Uh, thank you for being accepting of me after that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you have me on thank you and we'll talk to you guys next time on optional opinion bye everybody bye people be more accepting